0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: I'm Luke Griffin, and you're listening to Bushwick Podcast, local stories for a strong community here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. We work with partners throughout the neighborhood to share their remarkable journeys and break down the most important issues facing Bushwick today. Most weeks, we step into the worlds of the people working to make Bushwick a better place. This week, we're taking a step back to ask an important question. Who's looking out for the people who look out for everyone else? One Bushwick-based organizer has been asking herself that same question. And today, she's redefining how we understand what it means to show up for someone. And what it means to heal.
2: It doesn't have to take, you know, some kind of stroke of genius in order to do work that's really important. I think creating from a place of vulnerability is something that's been sticking with me since I've been talking more about the work that I do. And like normalizing that it's okay to like make mistakes and like that um, we actually need that data.
1: We're going behind the scenes of one of the most vital programs in the city. A series of meetups, workshops, and conferences that hold space for the people who give so much to get a little back. It's April 5th, 2019, and this episode is called Who Heals the Healer? A few weeks ago, a group of about 15 people gathered in Bushwick's Mayday space. A progressive community center occupying a few rooms in what appears to be a repurposed old Sunday school. The people came from all walks of life, and as they faced one another in a circle of folding chairs and introduced themselves, it seemed that on many levels, they had little in common. They crossed a spectrum of identities, orientations, beliefs, and inclinations. Some had been planning for this meeting for weeks, others had only just learned about it. But for as different as they may have seemed, they all shared at least one thing. They'd come that evening to explore the question, who heals the healer? The meeting was one in a series of events throughout Brooklyn that promised no particular agenda or structure, only an opportunity to share space with other people interested in exploring that same question. There was no moderator, per se. The floor was open for people to express themselves and steer the conversation where they needed it to go. When someone wanted to talk about spirituality, the group dialogued. When someone wanted to explore the significance of Mercury being in retrograde, the group pulled out their phones and read their astrological charts. And when someone wanted to share the story of how they overcame the cruelty and violence inflicted upon them as they explored their sexuality, the group sat solemnly and listened. By the end of the night, the group had filled a whiteboard with notes like The Body Keeps Score and God is Change. There was, of course, no one answer to the question that had brought the group together. Who heals the healer? Everyone there, whether they were a therapist, a student, or an IT manager, considered themselves some kind of healer and saw in the big question only more little questions, like, what does it take to be my partner, and what do I really think of myself? But as everyone folded up their chairs and gathered for a commemorative photo, it was clear that a weight had been lifted from the group. Each person came for their own reasons, and left with their own conclusions. What mattered wasn't finding an answer. What mattered was sharing space to walk their paths together. The meeting was called a Community Freestyle, One of the final installments of an arc that will culminate with something called Who Heals the Healer? The Convergence on May 19th. Much of the event is being kept intentionally mysterious, but you can think of it like this community freestyle times 10. More people, bigger activities, and deeper conversations. As people around Bushwick and beyond prepare for the Convergence and ready themselves to explore this question of who heals the healer even more deeply, you might be asking yourself a different question, like... What does any of this even mean? To answer that and understand why the freestyles and the convergence are so meaningful and so vital, it's necessary to understand the person putting them all together. A Bushwick-based organizer named Veronica Agard.
2: My name is Veronica Agard. I am 28 years old. I live in Bushwick, Brooklyn, And I am the founder and creative director of Who Heals the Healer as a project, but also am a small business owner in having a LLC that is my name, Vera Icon, LLC. Um, It's the Latin breakdown of my name.
1: Veronica is a difficult person to define. She can be philosophical and wandering in one moment and tactical and direct the next. She tends to talk about herself in terms of A-sides and B-sides. Her A-side, for instance, is her day job as a professional counselor working with kids. Her B-side, by comparison, involves her more creative work as a writer, as a community activist, and as the visionary behind Who Heals the Healer. What connects these different sides of Veronica is an interest in healing and the ways we can come together to support people. It seems that even from a young age, she's been around healers of all different types, like her grandmother.
2: She was always the responsible one, even though she's one out of six and she was, um, she's either the fourth or the fifth old, like oldest. She's not, she's not the oldest. Like she's more on the younger end of the spectrum, but she was the one that held everybody together.
1: She watched her grandmother hold her family together as the glue that kept even distant relatives connected. She listened as her grandmother counseled her family and friends and neighbors when they needed advice and wisdom. And she was inspired when she saw her grandmother become a licensed social worker to get paid for the spiritual and emotional labor she'd already been doing for years.
2: In order to be able to see yourself in a role, you have to see somebody that you admire doing it, right? And like those kind of sub- subliminal messagings are really important, especially like as like a black woman.
1: Veronica came to understand the practice of healing as something that took place not just in closed rooms and offices, but in spaces throughout everyday life.
2: So for me, it's more so about allowing them to be seen, and I think a lot of healing work, holding space, is just allowing people to be seen.
1: She saw how this manifested in different ways in her life, like with her father.
2: His A-side was um, being in the Army for 26 years. Um, Served as a um, member of the U.S. Army Reserve, um, did a couple of rotations, but he ended up retiring out of the... 411 civil affairs battalion um, he served in Iraq in 0405 and that's important to share because well one because he um, earned a Purple Heart during that tour but also two because his B side of his um, how he always was in community was that of a DJ and a dancer and somebody that loved music in a way that a lot of people um, Don't necessarily get to explore.
1: Veronica observed that just as people are multidimensional, their trauma and recovery were multidimensional as well. Healing, it seemed, wasn't limited to the domains of medicine and therapy. Things like music and dance could play a role too.
2: I knew, in the sense of like examples around healing or um, transformation, like I knew that the trauma that he had experienced when he was in active duty in Iraq was, um, it had an impact because he stopped playing music when he got home, and he didn't play it as much. And when he was happy again, and once he was going to therapy and was trying to work that out, um, he started playing music again, and that's how I knew that he was returning back to an equilibrium within himself.
1: If music could help someone feel like themselves again, and if a grandmother could be the glue that connects a family... Perhaps then the understanding of healers would need to be updated from beyond clinicians and counselors to include new roles and people like DJs and grandparents. A
2: guidance counselor or a social worker, not just that type of counsel, but for folks that are more traditionally seen as healers in this new age space. So um, Reiki practitioners, tarot readers, um, massage therapists or the roles that people could potentially take for granted. So, like, also including teachers and our parents and our grandparents.
1: Veronica began to think of what it meant to be a healer in a much more fluid sense.
2: Somebody whose role, whether chosen or otherwise, forces them to show empathy on demand.
1: As she grew up and went to college and began her adult life, Veronica found herself doing more and more of this kind of healing work. She counseled, She wrote, she led activism in the community, and she held distant people close and created connections. But it was at a difficult time in her life when a feminist group that she'd helped found began to come apart that Veronica started pondering the question that drives her today.
2: So I started writing about how, you know, like what happens when people grow and like growing can mean expansion, but then it also can create distance depending on what's happening and like just all these other questions And I think I said it in the form of who shows up for the person who shows up for everybody else.
1: Veronica knew that she didn't have answers and recognized that this was a question for which there were no convenient explanations. But she wanted to explore it. And in late 2017, she believed that a lot of other people who were asked to show empathy on demand might want to explore it with her. So without much in the way of a formal structure, she invited people to explore it together.
2: I think I just said somewhere on the internet, either on Facebook or Instagram, I was like, okay, I'm doing a thing. People were like, what? And I was like, yeah, come. Okay. And that turned into a whole wave, (laughs) a whole thing. Um, And I'm grateful for the wave, but I have to name that the wave um, start like It started as a wave, right? Like waves start in the ocean and it's not just on the surface. Like they have to start deep.
1: She initially decided to host a series of three Who Heals the Healer freestyles throughout the spring of 2018. And she set her expectations for a response cautiously low
2: organizing events and bringing people together, I knew it was like, all right, if it starts to taper off after a certain point, that means not that people aren't interested, but that it's just not needed or that's not where I'm not supposed to, um, that's not where I am supposed to put my focus.
1: But as she hosted the events, she saw that the responses in person and on Facebook were growing. And not just that, they were growing tremendously.
2: This was before the algorithms really changed. Um, I could see the the organic data of how it went from like you know just like a couple hundred in the New York City area to like a couple of people had shared it on platforms that reach more, and it ended up when it ended in March of last. So like this time last year, when I looked at the data, it was like fifty thousand people that had seen it without boosting, and I was just like um. Clearly, we have feelings about this. We we should probably talk about this, but I probably shouldn't be the only one talking about this.
1: Based on the success of the freestyles, Veronica organized the first Who Heals the Healer Convergence last May here in Bushwick. It was an event with the scale and ambition of a conference, but the open-endedness and open-mindedness of the freestyles.
2: It was... Um... 16 workshops, 20 vendors, like 10 practitioners. And by practitioners, I mean like clinical, do- anything from a clinical doctor to a tarot reader and like everything in between.
1: People spoke together. They danced together. They ate together. And to see the videos and photos of the event now, it's clear that the first convergence struck a chord. Like with the recent freestyle, the attendees look, in a word, lighter. They, of course, never arrived in an answer to the central question of the gathering, but they were never supposed to. By every measure, last year's Convergence was a stunning success, with hundreds of people in attendance and tens of thousands of people reached. It's no surprise, then, that Veronica is back this year with new freestyles and an even more ambitious Convergence planned for next month.
2: Different healers look differently. Right. And if we're complicating the word itself and we're saying we consider teachers to be huge, we consider parents, DJs, dancers. Right. If we are complicating what that definition means, then the conference always has to reflect that. So the way that the conference reflects that this year is without spoiling some things. We always have to have some kind of movement-based workshop. We have to have mothers talking about something. We have to make sure that there's child care for said mothers.
1: Like last year, Veronica is striving to create spaces with the freestyles and the ultimate convergence that will welcome self-identified healers from all walks of life. But in each detail, from the venues to the programming, she's also planning each event with a special eye towards communities for which healers of all kinds have held an especially significant role. As the Convergence's website describes, the space is open to anyone who considers themselves to be a healer, but will center the experiences of black and indigenous people of color, gender nonconforming individuals, and queer and trans people of color. Veronica notes that this is a critical consideration for several reasons. The healing and protective practices of these communities have been important cultural touchstones and tools in the fight against oppression for generations. But recently, they become at risk of being misunderstood at best and co-opted at worst.
2: A lot of the traditions that people lean to right now in, quote, new age knowledge is really old people of color technology, right? So, you know, people um, they want to trip on shrooms. And I'm like, that's somewhere in between what indigenous people do and they just call it peyote out west. Right, like different kind of like, okay, so I see what you're doing and you want to have an experience, but also burning sage in you know, oh, I gotta burn sage it's a new moon da, 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 da. And the, my my tarot card said this, and I'm like, hold on a second, do you know that indigenous folks could only just now start burning that within like a lifetime like they it was outlawed for a lot of them up until. The 1970s.
1: Veronica sees who heals the healer as having a responsibility to do justice by these experiences. The convergence has an opportunity to use its platform to respectfully and authentically represent different practices within the contexts and histories that they deserve.
2: POC of every denomination and like persuasion have found ways to protect and save our traditions. But then when the traditions become, you know legal or like decriminalized, there's a risk and the risk is that it can get co-opted and then it can get monetized, right? Like look at yoga, um, Ayurveda, like there's a whole industry for that. So even last year when we had, um, last year we had an Ayurveda session and the person who did it, she is Indian and she was saying how like she'll never get certified as a yogi because it makes no sense to her for her to pay into what she ancestrally already does, That is the best example of, like, this is why it's formed by people of color, because those are the conversations that need to happen. But it also requires that the non-people of color that are in the room are willing to be open to hear it, right? So there's a give and take.
1: On the back of all these efforts... This year's Convergence seems poised to move people even more than last year's. The event is on pace to max out the capacity of the new venue near Prospect Park, and Veronica is already exploring how she might distill the Convergence's lessons into some kind of publication. One of the key differences that makes this all possible is that, unlike last year when Veronica largely bootstrapped events on her own, this year she has a small team working with her and true funding in the form of a grant from the Brooklyn Arts Council and donations from supporters. With these added resources at her disposal, Veronica is facing new challenges this time around. like finding joy and balance in being the person who helps create spaces for the people who help create spaces for other people.
2: Making sure that we're finding joy within doing this work is important because because of everything that's going on in the world, but then also just because like, for people who have to hold space for other people, like it's very hard for us to like just kind of go out or, like, be seen. That's the the side effect of that, of, like, how I hold space for other people to be seen. I actively have to check myself and say, okay, Veronica, how are you allowing yourself to be seen right now?
1: But just as the point of the Who Heals the Healer series is not to answer the question, but to explore it, the point of organizing these events isn't to be perfect, but to strive to do good work and to bring people together to honor the collective practice of healing in all the different forms that it might take.
2: It doesn't have to take you know, some kind of stroke of genius in order to do work that's really important. I think creating from a place of vulnerability is something that's been sticking with me since I've been talking more about the work that I do. And like normalizing that it's okay to like make mistakes and like that, um, we actually need that data. We need that data of like, okay, that didn't work. So what if we tried this and being more um, solution oriented? um, Another thing I will say is um, something that's been helpful for me is to think of this work as more of a collective as opposed to potentially breeding competition. um, Because there's so many of us that are doing works around healing that sometimes people are like, oh, well, you know it's not what i still And I'm like, nobody owns any of this.
1: The next event in this year's series is an open mic fundraiser on April 26th at Rituals and Ceremony in Crown Heights. The Convergence is on May 19th at Minka, just off Prospect Park. If you won't be able to make it and still want to support Veronica and her team's work, there are other ways to get involved.
2: If you're listening to this and you're wondering how you can help, you can, or it reaches you and you're like, yo, I can't go. Um, the best thing that you can do for folks is to donate to the GoFundMe so we can actually double our capacity to pay people. Um, that's on our website at whohealsthehealer.com forward slash sustain, as in sustainable, just not the able part.
1: You can find out more about Who Heals the Healer at their website, whohealsthehealer.com or on their Instagram, at whoheals.thehealer. We'd like to extend our sincere thanks to Veronica and the Who Heals the Healer team for taking us behind the scenes of this year's programming. And as always, we'd also like to thank you for listening. If you enjoy Bushwick Podcast, please do us a favor and tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, or want to get involved, send us an email to hello at hearbushwick.com. That's H-E-A-R Bushwick Or you can DM us on our Instagram page at Bushwick Podcast. We'll be back next week with a look at one of Bushwick's most progressive food organizations, a market at the intersection of groceries, impact, and democracy. You won't want to miss it, and we'll see you then.